Welcome to Shattered, the podcast. This is the podcast where we discuss mental illness. It's by a sufferer, for sufferers, and for the people that are looking to understand what it's like to live with mental illness. G'day, g'day, and welcome to Shattered, the podcast. I am Mark. Hope you're having a good week. Today, I want to talk about what to do when you can't do it anymore, when life is just too hard, it's too tough. I've said many, many times on this podcast that there are no magic bullets. There's no one way to get through anything. And I find this problem in uh, with an organization that I go out to schools and I talk about mental illness, and they're constantly asking me to talk about hope constantly asking me to talk about the bright side coming out the other side of mental illness and I get why people want to focus on that sort of stuff because I mean it's great you know everything was dark and now it's not and life has returned to normal I mean that's that's a terrific wonderful story but it's not my experience Wellness has not come through rainbows and skittles. Wellness has come by hard work and sticking in there and not acting on impulses that were destructive. So what do I say to somebody that's saying, Mark, I I can't go on. There's just nothing else I can do. Well, I wish. I honestly wish that I had the words right now to tell you that you can go on because to keep going on you have to be able to do it when other people aren't around so if you came to me and said mark i'm thinking that i'm going to take my life and i decide okay i'm going to sit with you until we get through this crisis and it's a wonderful thought it's a wonderful idea but it's impractical because eventually i have to leave i have to go home I refer once again to the gentleman that jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge, tried to take his own life. Uh, Something like 2,500 people have jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge in its history to um, end their lives. 19 people have survived, and he is one of those that survived. And he interviewed all the living survivors that had jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge and every single one of them said as soon as their feet or their fingers left the bridge they realized that they'd made the wrong decision for me it came I was lying in an ambulance I was covered in pepper spray I was hurting I was burning pepper spray was all over my body I I knew that I was probably either being arrested or being sent to a psych ward. And all I wanted to do was go home to my wife. So for me, when the thought of committing suicide comes into my head, and it comes often, I have something to challenge it with. A woman that I know well, and I was able to interview her a number of times uh, while I was still on air at the radio, Her name is Rachel Stevens, and she's got a wonderful book called The Skeleton Diaries. Very, very worthwhile picking up. She found faith while in the psych ward. 
Um, she'd never been a person that had been to church before, but she had a, a no other word from it, but she had somewhat of a miraculous encounter while she was in the psych ward, and she found hope. She found a reason to not end it. So, of course, there are going to be people that are listening to this that are going to say, well, Mark, I don't have a reason. Or why I mention Rachel Stevens is she has this wonderful poem and I'm, I haven't put it up yet. I haven't done it because I don't, I don't have permission from her to do it yet. But I want to just quote the final line. It basically says, stay one more day. What I love about that statement is you're not thinking about the future. You're not thinking about, I'm going to lose my family, I'm going to lose my house, I'm going to lose my job. All you're thinking is that all I've got to do is just stay one more day because I can guarantee that things are going to seem different tomorrow. Now, if you listen to this podcast and then go to bed and wake up in the morning, things may not be different. And quite literally, there's nothing I can do about that. What I can tell you is that every time I hear the statistic of people that have taken their own lives, it's a tragedy. I look at those people and I'm so sad that they believed the lie in their mind that they were alone and and they had no purpose and they had no hope because that's the mind lying to you and your mind does that somebody once asked me if i felt that i was demon possessed because i have a mental illness and i responded to them by just saying well first of all no uh (laughs) second of all When you think of what the human mind is capable of, when you think about the evil that has been done by men, think about Germany in World War II. Millions of Germans took part in the Holocaust. Millions. Whether it was people that drove the trains, whether it was people that looked after the soldiers that were guarding the prisoners, whether it was the people that made the trains, whether it was the people that made the carriages that carried the people to Auschwitz, whether it was the people that made the steel, whether it was the people that made the oil or the coal or dug the coal that made the trains run. Millions of people were involved in the Holocaust. Hundreds of thousands actually saw what was happening. They watched the trains full of people go past. There was stories about when people saw a lot of smoke coming up, they would talk about how that's the Jews. People in Germany knew what was going on. Now, are you telling me that every single person in Nazi Germany was possessed? To my mind, there is nothing so evil as the human mind. The horrible things that it can come up with just defy explanation. Look at the killing fields in, in Thailand. Look at the Cultural Revolution in China. 100 million people dead. Was everyone that tortured and killed those people demon-possessed? 
So if a mind can be so horrible, so evil, why can't it lie to you? And that's what it's doing. Your mind is saying that you have no potential, no hope, no purpose. You are worthless. And that's just not right. It's not correct. And why do I know that? I know that because every single time you do something kind for someone, it changes their world. You have the ability and the potential to be kind. There's a famous Bible verse that they often read out at weddings. It starts off, love is patient, love is kind. Love is this, love is that, love is this, love is that. Blah, 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 blah. When you just think about the first two lines in that verse, love is patient, love is kind. Now, of course, the verses go on and they talk about all the other things that love is. But let's just think about patient and kind. If you just were patient and kind to the people around you, how much would that change the world? If we all just went, you know what, I'm going to be patient and I'm going to be kind. When I'm driving, I'm not going to get mad at the person that hasn't planned ahead to uh, verge with traffic. I'm going to just say they made a mistake. doesn't matter. Am I going to get mad at the person that shortchanged me? Or am I going to go to them and just say, mate, look, I I believe you've shortchanged me. If people were just patient and kind, just those two things. And you, as a person with a mental illness, have that ability to be patient and kind. Finding ways to do that is such a big way to help you with your mental health. Whenever I go past a homeless person, I always, always, always try to catch their eye and just say hello to them. Often I won't carry change. I mean, who carries change anymore with COVID? Nobody does. But acknowledging that that person is there is a small act of kindness that changes their world for that day. I once spoke to a homeless man and he said, that's the worst thing is the people that think he's going to hound them for change. He's just sitting there hoping that somebody will give him something. And the worst thing is the people that just completely ignore him, the people that almost trip over him because they don't see him. What has this got to do with your mental illness? It's got everything to do with it because you need to start looking outside yourself. Now let's talk about the consequences of your suicide say you decide to go ahead with it i want you to think about the last time you were at a funeral any funeral it's sad it's horrible it's terrible it really is the last place in the world that anybody wants to be but we're all dying to have a funeral (laughs) bad joke i'm sorry but what is it about a funeral that makes it sad it's the loss it's the missed opportunities it's the idea that that person isn't going to be around with you anymore a suicide funeral is the saddest most horrible experience you can possibly have because there is no hope there is just guilt nobody nobody wants you to kill yourself 
No one wants that. No one wants to go to your funeral and have to ask themselves the questions, what could I have done for them? What could I have done for that person that killed themselves? And that guilt that will keep them awake at night and years later they'll think of you and it'll be like a stab in the heart because you decided to take your own life. There are no magic bullets. There is determination. There is courage. There is patience. And there is a potential for you to be kind. You are suffering and I understand that. But you need to look outside yourself. You need to start looking at the rest of the world. And, and I understand. I, un- I understand how hard that is. Your pain is so all-consuming that it's almost impossible to see out the other side of it. And I get that. I've been there. Believe me, I've been there. But I've also stayed another day. I've also chosen to just keep going, not even knowing why sometimes. I've also chosen to try to be kind in any way that I can. trying to find ways to be kind to my family even through my pain and tell you what when somebody's in pain and they do something kind for you they notice it they notice it big the only way that you can get past this horrible thought process is to look outside yourself talk to somebody, reach out to someone and realize that no matter what people have told you, no matter what's been said to you, no matter how cruel people have been, they do not have the right to dictate whether you live or die. You might have somebody's voice in your head that's told you over and over that you're useless, that you're hopeless. That's couldn't be further from the truth. That is that person's problem. That is not your problem. Don't let them win. Don't let them have any more power over you. Choose to look outside yourself. Choose to ask for help. And choose to try and be safe. If you aren't safe, please reach out to a helpline in your country, your state, your county, Wherever you are, just try and find the local mental health people in Australia. It's Lifeline. I know there's a Lifeline in South Africa. I haven't done due diligence. I don't know what the Lifelines are like in Europe. But it's a place to just call and say, I am in pain. Because sometimes just saying the words, I am in pain and I'm thinking about taking my life, saying that to somebody else can be enough to give you enough fuel to keep going for the next day. I wish that I had the words to let you know that you are valued and you are loved. And the truth is that you are. Everyone will find love. Everyone will find 
kindness if they look for it. You are valued. You are important. And please, please stay another day. Thank you for listening to Shattered, the podcast. I'd like to thank our producer, Meredith Brosnan, our executive producer, Torian Lau, and the band Adelaide for allowing us to use their song as our theme. Go to shatteredthepodcast.com for more information. <laughs>